0: fucking nerd. That's right, I'm a
1: huge fucking nerd. I like lots of books and
0: computers, cause I am a huge
1: fucking nerd. One-of-a-kind shades made to order by Vaporshades.com. VaporShades designs the outer layer of the sunglasses just like a wrap on a car. They customize your sunglasses, marbling the paint. The end result is no two pair of sunglasses are alike. Yours will be completely unique to you. Check us out at Vaporshades.com. Use promo code TUTTLE for 15% off your entire order. Get ready for your daily dose of TUTTLE.
2: Uh, The all-time greatest uh, intern slash producer we've ever had, of course,
0: TUTTLE. TUTTLE in Florida.
1: From the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp, it's the TUTTLE Daily Podcast. No wonder nobody likes you, TUTTLE. Everything's a
2: goddamn debate. (laughs) Greetings and welcome to another edition of the Tuttle Daily Podcast, episode 297. Uh, I didn't time this out on purpose, but hell, my 300th show is going to be on New Year's Day. Not Eve, but Day. And I know that I haven't been doing this for 300 straight days because there's been some days where I've done two, maybe three shows. And there's also been other days where I've not even done a show. So I got to go back and look at the exact date of when I started. And I'm going to do this for my 300th show. I'm going to go back. I'm going to pull some audio uh, from my very first show of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. And kind of give it a little bit of a review. Uh, by the way, guys, I hate, I I absolutely hate listening to myself. But I'll I'll do it every once in a while just to go back and, and watch the tape. A lot of athletes, I know when I was a pitcher uh, in high school to get better, my dad borrowed one of those like one of those uh, uh, video recorders that you actually put on your shoulder to be able to record stuff and I maybe did some kind of nasty things when my parents went away and maybe filmed myself masturbating to see my technique from there and I got to tell you uh you know not from the POV view your your penis does not look as big but when you're, you're shooting it with a video camera? Hell yeah, man. You definitely look a lot, lot bigger. So I'm going to review my very, very first show, Just Like an Athlete that is trying to look at his form and see how well he is doing. If you get a chance, uh, check out my website, Tuttle.net. That's Tuttle with two Ds, T-U-D-D-L-E.net. I could give out all my plugs everywhere you can find me on social media. The best thing for me to do is to tell you to check out Tuttle.net. You're going to be able to find every single place I am online when you go to that website. And while you're at it, if you want to catch up, the Tuttle Daily podcast is now available on YouTube. A lot of people are asking me, "Why why would you put it up on YouTube?" I I'm putting it up there because I know that not everybody listens to podcasts, but a lot of people use YouTube. So, go to my YouTube channel youtube.com/tuttle, share some of those videos, tell your friends, family, loved ones, coworkers, neighbors whatever it may be, go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com Tuttle, hit the subscribe button and hit that bell button because when you hit that bell button, you're going to get alerted anytime I go live or put up any new content. Now, I want to get into this first segment. I, I'm, I got a little bit of audio here that I want to play for you. and A lot of people ask me, why do you always have to have your phone on you? Uh, even if I'm just running into a store for a few seconds, maybe to pick up uh, some grisly snuff for my dad, uh, yeah, I always bring in my phone because you never know what you're going to miss. And this guy, well, it was actually a woman that was filming this, but my God, this might be one of the greatest viral videos of 2020.
0: Fuck my mama, nigga. Fuck my mama. Fuck your mama, nigga.
2: So let me set the scene on this. I don't know exactly where or the location that this video was taken, but I know it almost looks like a 7-Eleven. And there is, and if if I'm going to, if I'm just a betting man, this had to have taken place in Florida. Because this is your stereotypical white dude that thinks he's a ghetto or or a part of the the culture and he can say the n-word uh he's obviously drunk he's trying to show out he doesn't have any friends there so i don't even know what the hell this guy was doing he had to be high or drunk but they're in a 7-eleven and for some reason i don't even know what led up to this but he's calling this african-american the n-word now I don't want any of you guys to think that I uh, condone the use of the N word. No, I don't. The only reason that I'm playing this is because it is so important to the story, the audio of it and why this African American gentleman absolutely bitch slapped destroyed this dude with a full unopened can of twisted Tea. Now, I've drinking twisted tea back in the day when I was drunk, or (laughs) an alcoholic. And guess what? I liked it. It was okay, but I I like something with a little bit higher octane, a lot more alcohol content, a twisted tea. It'll do when you're in a pinch. But this white dude instantly regrets calling this African-American guy the N-word. You're gonna pop
0: up. I live on 400
2: ice cream, two blocks away. I'm a, and you know, it's crazy.
0: I you know, I'm gonna walk to you. I'm gonna walk right to my house for you, bro.
2: I can tell you exactly where this white boy went wrong. He had too much liquid courage. This guy obviously was getting a lot of confidence, and he was like, "Hell, yeah, I'm putting this black dude in his place. And the guy is so far out of it because you gotta when you're talking smack to a bigger dude like this and you're calling a black guy the N-word, uh, you gotta be aware of the guy that you're calling the N-word, his movements. And this guy did not even defend himself when this guy pulled the twisted T out of the little holster that he had and started twirling it. This guy was oblivious to everything that was going on in this scenario. Oh God, I'm not trying to disrespect you, bro. I'm not... I'm going to say this all day, all, every day. And nothing but props to this black dude because the guy at basically told him, hey, do not call me the N-word. And this guy comes back, oh, I'm going to say the N-word all day because it's my right. I'm hood. I got plenty of black friends and I can say the N-word all I want. Oh, yeah.
0: Are you kidding me? Where are you from, nigga? Where are you from? Where are you from? Where the fuck
2: you here, from, nigga? You from here? Get the fuck out of you a clown, nigga. I'm sure a lot of people are not gonna make this observation that I that I made when I first saw this video. Because the the white dudes already called the African American gentleman the N-word like five or six times. And the guys kept this cool. But when you add the noun that is clown yes i'm trying to rap i didn't do that on purpose i'm not trying to be urban or anything but when you use the noun clown it's almost like this african-american dude was like a pedophile clown raped him when he was a kid or something because this is exactly what set him off when he called him a clown inward oh god you a clown you from here you a clown smack me Madeline, Come on, get it. It. Oh. Oh. all right i don't mean to interrupt in the middle of the action but that slap that slap is not been edited it is not a cartoon slap because that is exactly what that sounds like you know you just got your world rocked when the sound sounds like something out of a looney tunes cartoon just listen to this smack I've been working in radio for a really, really long time, and I've gotten a good ear uh, when it comes to audio. And the reason why I broke in there, I wanted to let you know because I didn't want you guys to, oh, Tuttle, you're trying to make this piece of audio sound worse than what it is. No, this is an actual cartoon slap, and it's the sound of a twisted, a full twisted T busting open. This whole can busted open when it hit this dude right in the noggin and you can almost hear his soul leave his body i know that i've already said this before but this is going to be another observation that none of the other radio people none of the other podcasters are going to make but the 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 one person that got the biggest pop of all is an inanimate uh, object which is the 7-eleven store it is not alive. And this, this black dude hit this white guy saying the N-word so hard that the 7-Eleven store rang the bell, threw in the towel. Listen to the end of this. It was perfectly timed. When this dude, this white dude, got just crushed with a twisted tea can, the 7-Eleven store even felt bad for him. Oh. As soon as I heard that alert bell, you know, when you walk into a convenience store and you open up the door so they know that a customer is coming in, as soon as I heard that bell after that guy just got destroyed by a twisted tea can, all I could think of is that little horn when people, like, fail or lose on the Price is Right. That's that bell represents and symbolizes the Price is Right loser horn. Seriously, listen to this. I'm going to play it one more time. I'm not going to be one of those hosts that's going to like beat you over the head trying to sell a joke. No, I'm not. I'm going to play it one more time for you. But listen to how perfectly timed this uh, this alert when you open up the door at a convenience store. I swear to God, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's the way that my crazy brain works, but goddamn, that sound definitely made me think of the Price is Right loser horn. Oh. Oh.
0: Yeah, you got yours, buddy. Call me another fucking nigger. I don't give a fuck. man. Call you me out. another nigga. Ain't no reason to find him out. Call me I'm another
2: fucking nigga. Once again, I gotta cover my ass because of the cancel culture. Everybody's out to get somebody. everybody is out to motherf somebody. And the only reason I'm playing this is like I said, it is important to the story. I could have easily blocked out the N-word, but I don't think it is as powerful if i would have taken it out so what i'm trying to say is this white dude this racist ass white boy got every single thing that was coming to him yes he deserved that full can of twisted tea right in the melon no doubt about it the guy was asking for it now i say this all the time you you guys know that i'm, a, I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy but you know sprite sprite has been marketing to the minorities right now or the urban hip-hop type community what if this was all just set up for real like seriously what if this was all just set up what if uh, the executives at twisted t was like all right let's get uh oh this enter oh this intern he is wanting to move up the ranks in the twisted t like oligarchy so yeah let's get him we'll get him to go to a store Then we'll get like one of the uh, higher ups that is an African American gentleman, and we will stage this whole thing. We're going to get this annoying ass woman with an uh, annoying ass accent to commentate the whole thing. And now, because this has all gone viral, people, it really has gone viral. Hell, you're even seeing like videos like this Dave Matthews Band. Now you've covered all your bases. You're getting the frat boys, the frat boys. Uh, that go to Dave Matthews band concerts, they're gonna be drinking twisted tea because they don't know if they gotta go. They don't know if they have to fight. People, you're gonna have to start having a permit. You're gonna have to have a concealed weapons permit just to carry around a goddamn twisted tea. But this is why the internet is undefeated. You get you get gems like this.
0: Uh. Uh.
2: And just to clarify everything, this is the Dave Matthews song. But what they did, that little snare drum hit that you hear at the bottom end of that song, they replace that dress or drum snare with the twisted T hitting this Caucasian right in the face after he called an African-American the N-word. All right guys need to take a quick break when i come back after the commercial break i got my interview with don Shireen bernard uh i'm gonna talk to her about people that are dealing with bipolar uh, disorder uh i know that i'm doing a lot of interviews with people that relate to mental illness but I, I i even asked my uh producer vulture to start booking these types of people i know a lot of people are are getting through this pandemic just fine But I want to delve into a little bit of how things are working with people right now. So my interview with Don Shireen Bernard coming up right after the break. You are listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. He's a nerd. I've only been arrested one time. A radio personality. Professionally, I'm not in the best position that I've ever been in. And hot talk satirizer. You would think, with everything that's going on, a Caucasian like myself wouldn't be able to randomly talk to an African American or a minority.
1: You're listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast.
2: all right guys welcome back to the Tuttle daily podcast i actually promoted this before i went to break and and i've been having a lot of people i i had my guests on yesterday to talk about people uh that are dealing with bad confidence or self-esteem trying to get on as many different people that i can right now because i know there's not a lot of people that are having a problem living through this pandemic right now but I want to talk to people that have personally experienced mental illness problems, because I have. I've talked about them quite a bit here on the Tuttle Daily Podcast. But my next guest has a very interesting story. Uh, Don Shireen is on with me right now. Don Shireen, how are you?
0: I'm doing well. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing wonderful. Um, Where are you calling from right now?
0: I am in Arizona right now, in the land of snow. Believe it or not, we will up to two inches of snow in Arizona. I live What part? Of, like what, seven, part what
2: part yeah, of I Arizona?
0: In, I live in a town called Lakeside, and um, it's northern Arizona, about I don't know, two hours from um, Flagstaff. So, what about um,
2: Phoenix, though? I,
0: Phoenix is about three hours away okay. from here. So yeah, that's quite a ways down. But they're like they had like forty-five or fifty this morning. So. The definite weird kind of weather
2: pattern going on yeah. here. Arizona is a little weird. My uh my uncle my 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 no, I'm not meaning that in a bad way because no, I you guess
0: you so. it is.
2: No, but but what I'm trying to say is my uncle lived in Arizona and he said, you know, it'd be hot as balls in the Phoenix area, <laughs> but if you go up in the mountains, you you could get in snow. It could be cold yep. as hell oh, in the middle of the night.
0: Yeah. It gets below freezing out here. Um, so far so good this year on me, like freezing my pipes out and losing my water, but, um, mm. it's a definite thing that can happen out here. And, um, yeah, I know people are always like, Oh, Arizona, that's just think desert and cactus. Mm. And I call this, um, New Hampshire West cause I grew <laughs> up in Connecticut. So mm. this is very much like New Hampshire, except we have five seasons because of monsoon season instead of the four seasons you get back East. So.
2: Now, now Don Cherine, um, I wanted to talk to you because I, I've dealt with mental illness. I um last September I uh, was Baker acted and and had to spend almost ten days in a mental institution and mm-hmm. and I really I really turned things around uh, mm-hmm. after that. You know because everybody talks about wake up calls. You know wake up right. calls if you're self medicating or you're dealing mm-hmm. with stuff wanting to make a change. Uh, before we get into that, tell people if they want to check out your website or or uh, get in contact with you, uh, how can they do that?
0: Yeah, my podcast is called Dancing with Bipolar. Um, Dancing with Bipolar dot com is the website presence to that. I'm um, also on Facebook, uh, Dancing with Bipolar, and Instagram. If you just look up Dancing with Bipolar, um, Google it, and you'll be like, holy god! So yeah, every, you can find me there every way um, on the um, on the website, um, there's ways to contact me. I do give my actual phone number out in case people mm-hmm. need to text and just need somebody to talk to, um, which has happened on occasion. And I'm always grateful to take those texts and talk somebody through a bad, you know, a bad period of time. Um, now,
2: Don, so Don, Tr- yeah, Don, Don Turin, I, I, So let's let's start at the beginning, okay? Okay. Um, here here in the United States. I really do feel like we do not treat mental illness like a health problem we We really, really don't and and I don't think we take it as seriously enough. You know, people all want to talk about gun violence and stuff like that that That's never going to get solved. There are so many guns right. here and 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 I think mental illness plays a lot of part when it comes to these mass killings, mass shootings, whatever you want to call them. And and that right there is my main piece of evidence of why we need to be paying more attention to mental illness. Um, I want to i want to get a little bit of a background on you. At at what age did you realize or or were you dealing with? And maybe you didn't know, because when you're younger, you don't you don't understand why you feel the way that you feel. Um, What what was the beginning when you when you were self-aware of what was going on with you?
0: I was pretty young when I, I didn't know what it was that was different about me, but I was pretty young when I put it together that I didn't think exactly like all the other kids did. So I was probably, you know, between the ages of 10 to 12, um, when I realized that I wasn't like everybody else and I couldn't exactly figure out what it was. Um, you know, my, my family history, you know, my, my mom was kind of narcissistic. So there was that, um, played on my self esteem. But other than that, I mean, we were a pretty normal all American family, you know, dad worked, mom stayed at home with the kids and, mm-hmm. you know, we, we were fairly affluent, you know, for the time. And, um, but I was always, what they would always say to me was that I was too smart for my own good, which meant that I was to them, I was precocious and always like looking for a way to get around stuff. But it mm-hmm. wasn't like my intent to do that. It was just that I just, Fought out of the box actually yeah. i didn't even have a i didn't even have a box right i was just i was just all over the place and i i had an imagination that um is still Are is you an vivid, only you child
2: know? are are you an only no, child
0: I have three younger brothers but i am the only girl in the family so
2: yeah that 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 um that, uh, that uh, loneliness right there kind of cuz i was an only child and I lived in a very rural area, like our closest neighbor was like five miles away. And you bring up imagination. I, I had to have an imagination. I had to be creative. I had, I had to look at things from a different perspective just to be able to entertain myself. And, and, and that is a good thing when you're a creative person, but, but it can also be a hindrance because it makes you overthink things. It makes you look at how things happen in a different way.
0: Yeah. Cause I like conceptual. I didn't know. So to, to jump to the chase, I didn't get diagnosed with bipolar until I was 40. And, um, I got mm. diagnosed on my 40th birthday, um, which is actually new year's day. So my birthday's Friday. Yay. Um, <laughs> but, um,
2: well, happy so birthday. Di-
0: thank you. So I got diagnosed then, but I mean, throughout my whole childhood, I like, I was, I, I excelled at everything I did. Um, I played 27 instruments by the time I graduated high school. I had,
2: so you were a, a good student school. then.
0: Yeah, I was, I mean, I was like straight A, you know, 4.8 student when I graduated high school. Um, I put everything into it, but because I was so different from everybody else, that was an acceptable way for me to, you know, um, overachieve, I guess is a good way to put it. Like nobody was going to like say too much about me overachieving in school, whereas I, like in can, dance and stuff like that, they would. Yeah.
2: Can I stop you real quick because you're you're talking about overachieving i mean were were both of your parents together through your teenage years high school years?
0: My dad died when I was fifteen, but up until that point uh-huh. yeah they were they were together so yeah, at fifteen things took a kind of a weird turn for me and um as we talked about self medication
2: and yeah, um, I, drinking man, and yeah I've done that so much, and i I didn't realize it until like a year ago it's like um now i i don't want to pry or anything and and you know I, I you you've already answered my question a little bit uh because losing your dad at that type of age is very traumatic um but a lot of people that deal with mental illness and substance abuse and self-medicate have dealt with some type of childhood trauma was there anything mm-hmm. else that happened oh, yeah. yeah I i
0: had been molested um by one of my grand my grandfathers for um actually i don't know how young it was when it started but um so you blacked it at, you
2: blocked it out though didn't you because i actually, i actually i
0: no i did not i did not didn't. block it out i, I confronted him um when at I what was age eight years at oh. eight. yeah oh. at eight years old at you know and this is like the long story though my parents were in Mexico on some kind of a business trip and they came up to watch us and he was bringing me to church of all the places. Right. And he started his I... shenanigans and in the church parking lot, I called them out on it in front of my whole congregation. So it was like, Ooh. yeah, yeah. Man. Talk about becoming the instant black sheep of the family, but the molestation stopped and you know, that's but that's still, but,
2: that uh, but the damage has already been done though.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's been, it's been years and years of, um, I took, I did DBT therapy when I first got diagnosed with a bipolar, um, dialectical behavioral therapy, which Mm -hmm. rewires your brain and how you think about yourself and things Mm -hmm. and, um, because I was a very like black white thinker everything was all good or everything was all bad there was never any kind of middle ground well, for me which is really hard way to that's live basi-
2: That's basically bipolar I mean you the way yeah. you just explained it um yeah. now one of the, one of the things I want to talk about so uh you you talk about going to doctors and stuff like that mm-hmm. um I really don't trust the doctors though
0: I I don't 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 because I don't blame you.
2: Well, because the the reason I I, listen and and I don't want to get all political and everything. But the the thing is, is that these lobbyists are all pushing for these drugs. These drugs Mm -hmm. are getting pushed on the doctors. and, Mm -hmm. And I think that was a lot of my problem that led to my stint in the mental institution was a bad mixture of over prescribed drugs.
0: Oh, heck. Yeah. That can totally. Yeah. I mean, you mess with your meds. Um, I don't know if you've listened to my show or not, but I have a serious issue with my medication. Um, I hate it. I absolutely. And do you hate feel it. comfortable?
2: Do, do you feel comfortable talking about what you're, what you're on or, yeah, or, or,
0: absolutely. or you... yeah, I'm on right now. I actually have a really good doctor right now. Um, a face-to-face doctor. I'm not on a telemed, which is amazing. Cause for three years, I talked to a TV screen and yeah. that's, it's kind of bullshit. Um, So I have a good doctor and now I'm, I'm on Seroquel for sleep, um, Mm -hmm. of which I only take a quarter of the dose I'm supposed to take. And I'm on Zoloft, um, which is a mild antidepressant during the day. And the rest of it.
2: Resperidol was what I was on for the uh, manic depressive. Yeah.
0: That's a tough one. They had me on Abilify for Mm. a while. um, Because I was having a lot of delusional, delusions and hallucinations, which they in turn found out was something to do with the other six medications I was on that was making me delusional. So um, do you want to know why?
2: Do you want to know when I was like, I got to get off these meds? Because when I went into the hospital, um, I was only on like, I I don't even remember the third one, Uh, but I was on like two or three meds at the time. And the whole time I was in there, they, they had me on like eight or nine different pills Yeah. at the time. And and like, that's the thing see when people are, well, why did you take them? Now, a lot of people don't understand this. To. No. You, well, the thing is, is that if you don't take them, you're going to be there for a really long time. That's, I mean,
0: that's actually true. If you don't comply when you're inpatient, you're doomed. You might as well decide oh, yeah. sign your life over. Done. Yeah. You so I was right. Ready- you got to play it.
2: I was ready to get out of there, man. Like they had me on like eight or nine different meds. They would, you know, there was one time I got a little rowdy. I didn't get physical. I'm I'm, I'm the least physical person in the world, but, um, You know, like I listen, I, I see that's the thing about it is that people don't want to think they're crazier or or have problems as much as they think they do. And, you know, you look at the other people when you're in that hospital, you're like, oh, man, there's no way I'm as bad as these people. Right. But right. but uh, but I, I I got defensive I, yeah, and they hit me with something they called the booty juice that they, they stab you right in the cheek and you go down but, like a rhinoceros. that 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 just got blow darted and (sighs) and that was the point that I was like you know what and the other thing that that kind of like threw it out there was you know it was like a cattle call when you when you got to talk to the doctor you got like two minutes at most with them
0: if that yep if that and they're all they're caring about is charting you they don't even care what you're saying they're just like yep I saw you and then if it's on a tv screen it's even like I mean telemed to me is just it's, it's just so bullshit. Like how yeah, can it's you like talk American Idol? It's like American right? Idol when you're trying <laughs> to
2: try out, you get like a couple of minutes and i are like, God, oh, get out of here. Exactly.
0: You know? And I mean, I was, well, last year I did like three stints inpatient. So I had the same inpatient doctor, um, the whole time I was in there. So we kind of got like a weird little repertoire going, you mm. know, but it's still really easy to lie to a TV screen. They can't see, you know, any kind of body movements you're doing. You can't see your they,
2: hands, your legs they can't see or anything. Any,
0: exactly. They don't know what you're up to. And, you know, it's easy to lie to a TV screen. I mean, I'm not saying that I fully ever lied to my doctor, but I didn't always disclose the oh. fact that I was smoking weed or, you know, any other, like, illicit situation that might come up here and there. I wasn't now, really, now, you can, know, telling can, them about that. Can I Can
2: I ask you, like, like I'm, all right, so... I was a major alcoholic. Okay. Me too. During that yep. time, I was I was drinking on my meds, which was one of the worst things that you <laughs> could do. Yep, but I was I was also doing other drugs too. Like I, I didn't seek them out, but I got to tell you, if somebody offered them to me, like hell exactly. yeah, exactly.
0: It's like if absolutely, yep, I'm totally with you on that. I get that, and I'm not making
2: excuses. I'm not making excuses. They they didn't no. put a gun up to my head, but I was like hell yeah, anything to get me out of my own reality. Yes, I I I I want to get out of that. Um, yep. but to, but you bring up weed, like like it's a bad thing. Like I'm completely sober now uh the That's only thing year. i do the only thing that i do is smoke marijuana and right. and i mean what are what are your thoughts on that i mean is, is I it love bad weed. no i, I think it's that. therapeutic i have no I, I have no problem with it
0: my doctor this time around because um arizona just finally legalized marijuana and dispensaries yeah. should be opening within the next two months or so thank god mm-hmm. um and i talked my doctor about that about taking me off all these pharmaceutical drugs and just putting yep. me on marijuana maintenance and he was actually listened to me about that and he said all right he says when the time comes and we can because i was going to get a green card and it's very expensive to mm-hmm. pay for a green card especially when it's going to be legal in two months so he's like when the time comes he goes just how about we just keep you stable on these two medications for right now when it's legalized, we'll come back and talk about it and I'll suggest the C B D oils that I think would most benefit you. He yeah. says, I'm not so sure. Yeah, see, I don't know. C B D, I- you need a little bit of that THC
2: to alter your mind. Uh and, yeah. and what I what and what and what I'm saying though is like, you know, a lot of these other drugs, <clears throat> they uh they will bring you really, really high, but you get really, really low when you come down on right. them. But the, the the thing about marijuana is that it makes you analyze things. Now, I will admit, having having mental issues, there's times where maybe I might have smoked a little too much and I overanalyze <laughs> things. OK, <laughs> and 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 that's fine, but it gives me perspective. But. I'm not going to be down in the dumps when I come right. down off of it, you know, and right. And like I said, you know, it, it, it kills me that this is something that comes out of the ground. It's grown. Um, it's an
0: like, herb. I know it's been around forever. It's God. And I have God put it on the planet for us to use it. It's like it's here. And like and they, I have no problem. I,
2: I have no problems with mushrooms as well, either. I've heard people like that, <laughs> that have microdosed. I've never done them before because I'm a, I'm afraid uh, to do any uh, psychedelics. But I've heard that people are getting great, like great benefits from microdosing on those. And and I have no problem with that.
0: Yeah, I don't have a problem with shrooms either. I, And in fact, um, MDMA ecstasy is being yes, used for for, um, for people to PTSD. open up. Yeah, and it's like it's about time that they finally started seeing the benefits of this instead of, you know, I mean, they can demonize anything that, you know, once they put a spin on it and they get a majority of the people to believe it, it's mm-hmm. evil, it's been stigmatized and there's no way around it. So it's like, you know, trying to fight it, but that's where I come into play because I'm like, okay, you want to stigmatize this? Well, just hold on a minute. Let me show you my facts on my side of it and let's evaluate what we got going on here. And I bet that we can actually, meet in the middle if you're willing to listen to what i have to say about it now like stuff like math okay no. i'm not gonna say that if you're uh, if you have a mental health diagnosis um i wouldn't suggest you go out and do math you're gonna see shit and it's gonna get all weird and coming mm. off it isn't gonna make you paranoid you. it makes you paranoid and it makes you see stuff in the trees that may or may not be there and it's just not good i would definitely not suggest opiates in any way, shape or form, but yeah. i mean a little bit of marijuana maintenance here and there. I, I totally approve with it, you know? And, um, you know, in my doctor at this point, he's cool with me. When I first, I first wanted to see him and i never met him before. And they gave me a UA my first time. And I was like, Oh crap, that's how this is going to go. <laughs> right. So I was honest with him. I handed him back the cup and I'm like, it's going to, I'm going to come up dirty. And I said, you don't even spend the money to do this. I said, it's going to come up dirty. I'll tell you what I've been mm-hmm. doing. And ever since then, my doctor and I have had this amazing relationship where he knows if he can ask me and I'm going to tell him the truth. I'm not going to lie to him because the first thing he said to me was, you can lie to me all you want. It's not going to affect me in any way, shape or form. Mm. He says, but it's going to affect the way that I treat yeah. you.
2: And um, I was like,
0: dude, you know, I'm, I'm I'll be honest with you about everything I do. You know, I mean, I'd rather have it be this way mm. than have you second guessing me throwing me at more pharmaceuticals Mm. because you don't know what I'm up to and then making me a zombie.
2: Yeah, no, um, um, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. Um, You know, I, I've gone and seen many therapists, psychologists, shrinks, whatever, whatever you want to call them. And, and I also think that me being too honest has caused me a lot of problems as well too. But in the long run, it's helped me out because, you know, when, when I tried to harm myself, and mm-hmm. and I got Baker acted. I did that an hour before the radio show that oh I was supposed gosh. to be on. And guess what? I failed. Luckily, I failed. And then when I when I when I came in, I talked about it. I talked right. about it. Right. And 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 I did it for a couple of reasons. I for one, I was being selfish. I wanted people to hold me <laughs> accountable. I know I'm. I'm being dead serious. I'm. I'm being honest. I right. was scared that I might try to do it again, and I wanted people right. to know what I had done. And then the other one, the main reason, one of one of the biggest reasons I talked about, it, I was like, "What? What if there's somebody out there that listens?" Who's in to the
0: same boat? Yourself?
2: Yep, in the same boat. Maybe this will talk them off that ledge. Yep. And that totally that did that. That got me Baker active for ten days. Worst. Yeah. Worst moment of my life and that was my wake-up moment it's not it's not that i had this self like uh look at myself where i was like oh you gotta make change no i was being i was like i never want to be there again and that and that was my wake-up call what what was your wake-up call
0: i've had a few of them um back east i overdosed on trazodone and i literally legitimately died um, what is Trazodone?
2: Fine. Let let my audience know what Trazodone is.
0: Trazodone is, well, they use it for sleep, but it is a mm-hmm. bipolar medication that...
2: I was on that in the hospital.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's a mood elevator. I'm not exactly sure what it's supposed to do, but they do use it. They give it to you for sleep when you're in the hospital. Um, and this was, I mean, this was 15 years ago and I was in a bad situation. I was still trying for my disability. I was homeless. because You know, when you're trying for disability, you can't work. So you basically wind up homeless or living off of people. Um, it was just a bad, bad time, and I overdosed on somebody else's trazodone because I knew I wouldn't have any kind of a. Um, How I much never did you have it. to take? How
2: much did, I did you? A, I,
0: I took a hundred and sixty thirty milligram pills.
2: Are you fucking kidding? Wait, whoa, whoa!
0: I'm, I'm dead serious.
2: And I'm I didn't. That 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 didn't that didn't uh, punch your ticket.
0: It did punch my ticket, and this is the story. So I died, and mm-hmm. um, I go, I get into this, or, all right, all right, so maybe I mentally died, whatever. However you want to look at this, you know, I, I died. Um, mm-hmm. I got into this place. It was beautiful. It was warm. It was safe. It was amazing. And all I heard was this voice say, "You can stay, or you can go back and make it right." And I'm thinking. I want to stay, you know, like this is beautiful. I love, this is great, you know? And all of a sudden I started feeling myself being pulled back. And, um, I had a dog at the time. Um, his name was doc and I had adopted him. I had actually saved him from a gang yard. I had rescued him out of a gang yard. And were they
2: pit bull fighting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He was the bait dog and they, Oh, pulled, that's
2: so sad. I hate that. Yeah. Stuff. God damn but it.
0: He, he lived for fourteen yeah. years, so he moved with me to Arizona. But anyway, so he's the one who pulled me back out of my death. It was Doc, and when mm-hmm. I woke up and I looked, he was there. And I don't know how many days I had been out. I was in a, it, I was staying with a friend who was um, a heroin junkie, and things were all just really shitty. Wait, so and you wait. Up.
2: so you didn't even go to the hospital. You just you just came no, out of that.
0: Yeah, I died in her bed and came out of it because they weren't. They couldn't. They weren't going to call. Because they were afraid that they were gonna get tried for a homicide, yeah, if you I know, died in their house,
2: right, so man, my dog- they 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 have a lot of that problem here in 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 the Tampa area, where like you know there's a lot of people dying of this fentanyl stuff right now, yeah, and I,
0: too,
2: yeah, so i I didn't mean to interrupt, so let's let's no, get back to it the-
0: so anyway, so my dog pulled me out of it, and um. So I, I wound up in the hospital, you know, I mean, I had pancreatitis and I shut everything down and all that. And, um, but make it right. So for the whole, so now for the past 15 years, I've been trying to figure out what my purpose is that I got the second chance to come back at life and make it right.
2: Are you a religious person?
0: Um, you know, I, I, I believe in something. I believe in God. I don't believe in the institution of church.
2: I hate it. I hate it because of my childhood trauma, what the organized religion has done, profiting off of people. Um, I think churches should be taxed if they're going to get loans from the government They get bailed out. Uh, And And then the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church is the worst goddamn offender of the whole (sighs) because they are supposed to be like for God and none
0: of it's these, all asshole,
2: yeah, all yeah. these asshole pastors have never done a day in jail for molesting kids.
0: Oh, nothing. Or like taxi, bay, or I mean, just there's so much, there's so much stuff. I have a real issue. So this goes back to, so anyway, so make it right. So that's the whole theory around mm. that, that story of dying. So this year, um, my, my friend, it's been a tough year. My dog, my dog, Doc, he died in July, 14 oh, years, sorry. long run, real long run. Um. August I was abducted and kidnapped to another town where I don't know what the major plan was but September I found out that was mine, it cartels that-
2: what was, was it cartels <laughs> <being took laughs> from the- no you
0: know, I'm just there are, asking I- there are cartels here but this was just like this is like white boy redneck um, wanted me to shut up about something so they abducted me to this property out in a, in a town from here and um, basically had me locked on the property as like I was kidnapped Truthfully, I was kidnapped so that I would stop talking about something. Um, yeah. But during this time that I was in this in that situation, I found out that my best friend, my best dude friend, like love of my life type of thing, had committed suicide on September 11th. And um, uh. so, you know, I. Yeah. So.
2: Is that what led to way, your gornophobia? Is that is that what led to your. Uh, I, t-
0: I had agoraphobia when I got out of the military. I had the agoraphobia, but I mean, I still have that isolation type thing where I can, I'm okay with not like leaving my house for long. What's the longest
2: longest you've ever been
0: shut in? When I had agoraphobia, when I got out of the military, I was 18 months. Couldn't, couldn't leave the front door for 18 months. Like Like, that. Now
2: now, explain to my audience, like, okay, so you agoraphobia is where you do not want to leave your safe space, your house. Right. You're, you're going to stay there. Yep. Um it, it might be hard to describe, but how would you describe what what would it do to you to go outside your house? Just to maybe I don't know, maybe there's a pay f- maybe your phone's not working and there's a pay phone across the street and you need to make a very important call. And you have to walk to that phone booth. I know there's no phone booths anymore, but. Actually, there uh, are. Not very, they're far and few between.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well, what I'm trying to say is, like, what would it do to you? How would it make you feel mentally and physically? Would it, would it affect you physically as well?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, like, total panic attack, Um, you know, vomiting, headache, um, just, like, shaking. And I. At now it seems it's almost like completely illogical to me because even though I go through these spells where it's like, man, I don't really want to leave. It's just because I don't want to do. What were you afraid I of? I don't know. I really honestly don't know. Like, I had just come out of the military, so I was being like, there was that. Did you have like, PTSD? I didn't, you know, I, okay, I think, all right, yes, I did have PTSD, but not from the military. I had PTSD from my mom. Cause mm-hmm. of her, she was the narcissism. And when I first came out of the military, she let me come home for a week. <laughs> and then was that why out. You,
2: now I'm, I'm sorry. I, I I'm very ADHD, but you, okay. you were talking, you were talking about overachieving earlier. Um, yep. was, was part of that problem. You trying to please your mom.
0: Oh, all the time. I was constantly trying to get uh positive attention from her. And it didn't seem like no matter what i did it just wasn't good enough for her and mm. um that set you up for failure in a huge way you mm. know as a ki- as a kid and everything so yeah i mean i totally i mean i still i mean in a way i guess if i kind of look at it in a very kind of chill way i still really do kind of overachieve in my own like little world that i'm in right now um,
2: is it because you're I trying mean- to please other people because i've I've been researching and learning uh, you know, people that have been through childhood trauma. Um, a lot of people that have gone through it they they tend to apologize for things or that they tend to the care about other people's happiness over their own.
0: I was like that for a really, really long time. Um It's been maybe the past two or three years where I've actually stopped being a people pleaser like that. I mean, I still, I still consider other people. Um, I'm very considerate and kind and um, compassionate. You're an empath. I, I, I am I an think, empath.
2: Yeah I, say I, yeah. I would, I, I've been meeting a lot of people that have dealt with mental illness and, and they are very empathetic almost to the point of being detrimental.
0: Yes, that can happen too. And um, I've, I've just kind of learned to, to, to take it back a little bit because I've given so much of myself away at times where I've totally depleted myself and not even had a way to figure out how to fill myself back up again, because I gave so much of myself away. And um, Mm. I've learned, I don't know if it's therapy or just, you know, wisdom and maturity where I've learned that I can still fill your cup up and not empty mine out, you know, and, and we're still both going to have plenty and we're going to be okay but i'm not going to be like you know at the bottom of the pit in the dirt with nothing you know and uh, i've done that i've given so much of myself away to people that i never thought i was going to find myself again you know and um i don't I, I don't know how i i don't know exactly where that came from i've taken a couple classes i took um the science of happiness out of berkeley i uh, I took it as a free class and that really taught me a lot about mindfulness and um like the physiology of happiness where everybody thinks like somebody, somebody or money is going to make you happy, but there's a whole uh, physiological chain of biochemicals and stuff like that, that actually affect your happiness. And yep. that changed that, that class changed my life. It really did. I mean, I just kind of took it as a, as an offshoot. Like it was a group I was in, everybody was taking it. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'll sign up and take it. And I got so much out of that class. I suggested to everybody. I mean, I, honest mm-hmm. to God, it's like, you don't have to pay for it. You can take it on edX there's a nice, a nice little, you know, push for them. Yeah. Um, but cause you, your happiness is yours. Yeah. You know, nobody can, nobody can make you happy. They can give you things that will, you know, ha- nobody can make you happy. You can have everything in the world and be the most miserable person in the world, or you can be sitting in a shack in the middle of the dirt and have joy around you. It's all in your head. It's all your own mindset. So have you, have you ever been,
2: uh, married in a, in a serious relationship?
0: <laughs> I was married when I was, yeah, I got married when I was young. I was 23 and married that ended in two years, but I was in a nine year relationship. I've had, yeah, I've had mm-hmm. my relationships. Um, I haven't been in one in a, like a long-term relationship since that came to Arizona. Um, did you my self-sabotage,
2: did you self-sabotage okay. though?
0: Oh God. Yeah, absolutely. Before I got sober and, um, Oh my God! And how? I mean, I was a raging alcoholic up until I was forty. So give me an idea, I'm... like,
2: uh, all right. So when look, there's different levels. Everybody's saying, "Oh, nobody can out drink me," but I mean, <laughs> kind of give me an idea, like, I mean, if I'm I'm talking about your bad, bad, bad days, like where you went on I uh, I don't give a fuck bender, <laughs> and I'm just gonna I'm gonna drink as much as I can.
0: Yeah, I've been there. I um, tequila was my downfall, and like I gave myself alcohol poisoning oh. two t- twice in one week. Plus, I was doing cocaine at that time. And um, oh,
2: that's a oh, party yeah, I, when the uppers and the downers oh are fighting God. each other. I mean, it that was, battle on on the battleground is like that's where it's at. I mean, I, yeah, that's why you disaster. see people like uh, that's why you see people like Chris Farley and John Belushi back in the day. It's why they were doing the speedballs. they were doing the yep. the cocaine and the heroin because that's where the good high is that that battle between the uppers and downers and the
0: downers yeah i mean that was cr- i i look back on that i mean i i had to like do i had to become a cocaine addict twice in order to make sure that i really had an addiction problem with it that i wasn't just you know just doing a little bit too much here and there but yeah. um during the during the height of my alcoholism and then crack crack came into play which i did <laughs> wrong because i used to I used to mix crack with my weed and smoke it raw.
2: That's
0: what they say. Thank God, right? But um, yeah, yeah, I lived. I had a nine-year relationship with this fellow, and um, oh my God, I was I was awful. He went on a trip with his son to England and left me an emergency credit card. <laughs> hey, oh uh, can, can can
2: can? Yeah, I, I just this thought just popped into my mind. I remember the first time I did any hard drugs was because of a chick that I was into that I wanted to impress. Uh, I'm not making excuses or anything, but I, I like to ask that question. May, am I the only one that, you know, try look, I loved it, not saying that anybody forced me to do it, but it just takes that little kick in the ass to push you over the yep. edge to good to take it to the next level,
0: yeah, that's true because you want to keep up with them. And um when I moved to Arizona, I was like, that was, I was like, that was meth. I had no idea what meth was. It was not an East coast thing. I had no Where was what breaking, was
2: to. Where was breaking where was, bad shot at? It was that, was that in Arizona or was that a, Nevada, Arizona?
0: It might've been in like Nevada. That.
2: I forget, yeah. but yeah, that made me realize and started looking at it. I was like, yeah, meth is a problem on the West coast area.
0: <sighs> it was crazy. And I like, I had no idea what it was. So mm. I just like, like I said, I dove. Head first into the shallow under of the pool on that. And um yeah. trying to keep up and everything. And I almost died. Smoking, injecting,
2: that. or or, no, or I ne- snorting. I've never
0: been I've I've snorted it and I smoked it. I've never been an IV drug user. Thank God I set my boundaries mm. on that when I was young, young, young. But nonetheless, mm. I mean I'm still snorting it. I mean, you might it's the same difference. You know what I mean? It's like there's level of addiction to a level of addiction if you're needing to use the drug every 20 minutes in order to maintain the high you're an addict whether you're shooting it snorting it drinking it or putting it in your eyeball i mean it's like you got a problem and um it's uh
2: it's it's pretty bad in Volusia county and i've never done methamphetamines before well i mean i've i've been on adderall before so maybe i have been on similar
0: it's kind of have you ever snorted your adderall uh
2: yeah I'm <laughs> no. unfortunately i go. have yeah i have there you go so yeah it's um, very it's
0: exceptionally similar
2: but i i've been in situations where like i've been hanging out with friends they're like hey we gotta go uh we gotta go see my body here and and then you end up in those like weird situations <laughs> that you never thought in a million years yeah. and they're they're actually manufacturing shit uh, right there in, in, in the trailer yep. and, and they're not even doing it the right way. They're doing that whole <laughs> bake mess stuff where yeah. they, they try yeah. to take it to the very edge. And, and the thing <laughs> is, is that you want to take it until that pressure builds up in that two liter bottle. Uh, but you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta open up that lid to let the pressure out. So they always yep. try to pressure it. And I've, I've known people, I've known people that have gotten burned, from Ooh. chemical burns from from not releasing that pressure
0: off of that two liter bottle. Ah, that's dangerous. I've never actually seen the shake and bake thing. I mean, I've seen it on video online, but I have been in a trailer park where um somebody They're scraping lab. it off the glass bowl because yeah. after they baked it or something. Yeah. Yep. I've yeah. been there. But I've been there where the lab at the end of the trailer park actually exploded. Yeah. And the person comes out on fire. But they're and they're on fire but they're more concerned about the product that's inside the trailer yep. than the fact that they need medical attention like right now because they're already so gacked out that they don't even you know just some of the smoking the, the fumes of cooking it and stuff they're already just all gacked yeah. they don't realize that they're like gonna die you know and i mean i've seen it far and i have lost a lot of um, i wouldn't say they're friends anymore but you know mm-hmm. i've lost a lot of people due to that and um, when i got clean off of that i mean i i like, I was the, a lot of people.
2: What was the hardest thing you ever had to get off of? I, uh. I, I, mine was the psychotropic drugs because, right, I was on those three medications, the mood stabilizers. Right. That, that right. was the worst. That was the worst thing I've ever had to kick.
0: I'd probably say cocaine was the hardest one for me because really? I enjoyed it. So yeah, alcohol, is- kind of like smoking, was- like
2: when you're drinking out with people, oh, I got to do some cocaine or, or, or something like that, because people yeah. say, I only smoke when I'm out drinking.
0: Right. Nice. That's, that's an excuse, right? Yeah. See, even alcohol, because when I, when I got my 40th birthday, the whole thing with the you know, make it right with the dog and all that. And, yeah. um, when I went in, I went in the hospital and my liver was at 2% function Ooh. and I was I was so screwed up that I didn't even realize how sick I was. Like I was jaundiced and I I everything was shutting down. Mm-hmm. I was going into re- renal failure and I'm sure like the 100 cc trazodone didn't help that at all. But the fact was that I had been a hardcore alcoholic since I was 8. At 8 when I I outed my grandfather at the age of 8 and I started drinking at the same time. See right no, there. Is, see-
2: Don Cherring, yep. see that. See, not a lot of people think about this. See, see, I have this knack of looking at uh, different things. You know, you got all these drugs that affects uh, certain parts of your body, but like we're we're talking about alcohol. Alcohol mm-hmm. affects the one organ in your body that is capable of regenerating. Now, think Thank about this. God. No, but 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 think about this though. People die of cirrhosis. All the time. So that means these people are drinking so much that they're able to kill uh, 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 an organ that's like an X-Men, like Wolverine. I I don't know if you're like, I don't know if you're.
0: Yeah, like like
2: they, (laughs) this, your organ can regenerate, but you are such a goddamn degenerate that you're drinking so much that you're killing off the one one of the main organs that can actually regenerate itself. Yep
0: it's scary, isn't it? And then it's like, cause the, like the whole time you're drinking, it, it's still fixing itself. But yeah, I mean, and where I live, I'm three miles from the um, largest Apache reservation in the United States. Yeah. Believe me, the alcohol, it's tragic. Oh, yes. Yeah, it is. It's, it is. It's tragic. And to, and to see it and to like watch people. Cause like I've been in and out of the inpatient hospital here more times than i like to admit. And it's also like the detox hospital. and it's just, it's, it's so sad what,
2: to realize. But guess what? The shit's legal and they're, they're busting yeah. people's balls about marijuana.
0: Right. Well, that's legal now too in Arizona, finally, but I, yeah, well, but I mean, I mean,
2: it should, it should be recreational for everybody in the United everybody. States. Do you realize yep. how much money they would make off of taxes? and Oh themselves? my
0: gosh. So, Our stimulus would have been passed two months ago if, <laughs> if it was recreational. Okay, yeah. Tax,
2: weed and churches and we'll be all right. Oh my we'll gosh, get rid of Right? We'll get rid of right? that we deficit just, in no time.
0: You just fix the whole economy right there. See, you yes, should be maybe, president.
2: No, I've done too much. <laughs> I've done too much shady stuff in my life. Could you imagine? Because I would I would probably because I don't support either side. I would most I likely either. like I would most likely like run. I wouldn't even be an independent because they end up I would just be like, I'm just running. And wow. and then and then my my uh competitors would be like, oh yeah, do you remember this back in the day? This stunt you did on the radio, or or that time you had to go to the hospital because you 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 drink too much, or you know, like all that stuff would be used against me. But then I would be like, oh look, I'm just running on what's good for you guys. My opponents are wanting to talk about what I've done or, or who I've masturbated in front of. <laughs> yeah, of course.
0: But I, you know what? In a way, that would make me more inclined to vote for you because at least I would know that I would have an honest president. Yeah, I I fucked up and I inhaled and I did that. But at least I'm honest about it. And I'm going to be honest about talking with this guy over here and this guy over here. And I'm going to tell you when I can't fix it because the Congress and Senate are Mm -hmm. screwing the pooch. And I mean, I would be more inclined to vote for that than anything. And I couldn't vote this year because I was impatient um, Mm -hmm. during the time of the election. And they and they wouldn't. uh, I'm I'm really upset about it because of all this uh, election fraud and all this stuff that supposedly went down. And I'm like, yeah. I was denied my constitutional right to vote. And, yeah. um, that sucks. you know, but then, it, but then again, they're like, well, who would you have voted for? And I'm like, I would have wrote somebody in, <laughs> yeah. you know? but, but so I mean, Don- yeah. So I'm
2: Go ahead. No. So Don Cherine, I, I, I'm not trying to cut you short, but like, God damn, we've been talking for a while. And my phone's about to die. So, um, okay. Don, uh, Don Shireen, tell everybody, uh, how they can check out you online any of the content you're putting out, especially your podcast.
0: Yeah. So you can just, um, dancing with bipolar is my podcast. I'm on all the usual suspects. iHeartRadio, radio, um, you know, iTunes, um, Google, Apple. If you just put in, it just Google dancing with bipolar and you will have more information about me than you ever wanted to know. Um, dancing with bipolar.com is the web presence. And there are other ways to contact me on there. There's contact forms, my text. You can text me. My phone number is there. Um, I am Dawn Shireen. You can find me on Facebook if you want to, even though my time on Facebook is probably limited because I'm such a bad girl. I keep going to jail on Facebook. Hmm. Because I'm well, an Don- honest person. So.
2: Yep. Well, so Don- look for me. Well, Don Shireen, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this uh, chat and I hope to have you on again really, really soon.
0: I would love to. That'd be great.
2: All right, totally Don. I hope you have a great new year, and and I look forward to speaking to you soon.
0: Awesome. You have a great day, and uh, you have a great new year as well. Epic 2021. Here we go.
1: From the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp.
2: Man, maybe I would have way more sex partners in my life if I just threw caution to the wind.
1: It's the Tuttle Daily Podcast. (laughs) Tuttle's Daily Podcast is brought to you by... Stitchuup.com. For your embroidery, screen printing, vinyl, and direct-to-garment printing needs, visit stitchuup.com. StitchuUp specializes in custom caps, shirts, decals, and anything you want to personalize. Whether it's one item or large orders, they can handle any size. Unsure about what you want? Let StitchuUp help you with your logo design. Visit StitchuUp.com. Or contact them. Eric at stitchyouup.com. StitchYouUp. you up. Definitely not your grandma's embroidery.
2: Last segment of the show, hope you guys enjoyed today's content. Uh, I know that I'm gonna get a little bit of blowback. Everybody's like, oh, why do you why are you having all of these weird people on? Why are you? guys? listen, I, I want to interview interesting people, people that have interesting stories. Now, yes, would I, would I like to have some of the famous people on? Yeah, of course, I would love to have them on. But do you really get the real person whenever you're interviewing a celebrity? Hell no. They they care about their image more than anybody. So that's why I like talking to Don Shireen because she was talking about smoking crack. She was talking about smoking methamphetamine. She was talking about some really deep, real stuff that real Americans are going through right now. And and one of the main reasons I'm having these people on is because of the pandemic. People are dealing with depression. People are dealing with mental illness for the first time in their lives. You know, people like myself and Don Cherine, yeah. I mean, this this is just the norm for us. Uh, you know, and, and I talked about this yesterday. I, I've i been doing fine during this pandemic. And, and uh, just as of late is where I'm starting to see some more issues from the past starting to pop up. And that's that's about it. So I'm going to get back into me and Vulture. We have been having meetings. We got some big things in store for the supporters of the Tuttle Daily Podcast in the new year. So just be patient. I'm going to try to do shows all the way until the beginning of the year. I'm I'm not taking a break. I'm not taking a break at all. So I want to thank everybody, everybody out there that supports the content that I'm putting out. Because of you guys, this whole deal, this whole thing that I'm trying to build is growing because of you guys. You're telling your friends, family, loved ones, neighbors, I, I blah, 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 blah. I, I do that all the time. So I just want you to know that you're appreciated. Uh, If you guys would like to reach out, there's two ways you can do that. You can email me, Tuttle at gmail.com. That's Tuttle with two D's, T-U-D-D-L-E at gmail.com. Or you can leave me a voicemail, 407-270-3044. Hope you guys are having a great day. I hope you guys are safe, and I will talk to you tomorrow.
1: concerns or do you just want to let tuttle know he's being a dickhead tuttle at gmail.com that's tuttle with two d's at gmail.com to follow all of tuttle's social media go to tuttle.net thanks again for all your support and we'll see you tomorrow on the tuttle daily podcast hey yo, terry
0: what's going on